At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you found prime time action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network Number two, primetime action here on a Thursday. Already one winner in the bag, Kelly Bidlin. Let's go. First round leader of the Genesis Invitational. And now he you can only you can sit back for the next three days and know that this golf tournament can't cost you a single penny. The the best part of it, Matt, is when me and you both came in yesterday and we kind of laughed to each other, like, I ended up betting a little bit more money on this event <laughs> than I thought I was going to. So, uh, yeah, this, this is very helpful this uh, turned out this way. So, we were talking these exactas before we went to break, and again, I, I went a little bit different than, than Wes did, and then Kelly did a, a healthy mix of kind of both of what we did, and a prediction of how he actually believes the NBA is going to play out, yep. and then one of these kind of middling long shots and then one kind of super long shot. You got to the 76ers and Suns in which you said, you as of Thursday, February 17th at 5 Pacific, that is your prediction as, as the finals. The Sixers beating the Suns. That's right. So um, that check, one is available at 20 to 1. Check back in with me like in three weeks right. once James Harden's played it, like a week and a half. You know? Right, right. And I might have completely reversed course. Listen, that. you know what we never do on this program is hold anyone to what they <laughs> right. hold anyone what to they say. It's it, like, what they it's say an is experiment. Like, yes, like every, we can, we are allowed to change our opinions over the course. Of, Injuries of happen. Things yes. happen. Yeah. Uh, yes, things things happen. Um, but these, you know, you're you're, you're there yeah. are people coming back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I w- want to talk about because th- these markets, and I know guys like Jason Weingarten, we have on the show often to talk baseball. I know he does a lot of these exactas, kind of in mid- middle of the season with different sports. I think there is a lot of value here, Matt, when you go and look at look at some of the teams that r- aren't right at the top of the odds board, and if you can make a case for how you think they can work their way that far into the uh, into the playoffs, into the finals. I, I think there's. I think it's good to grab grab three or four of these tickets, and you could hold on to some huge numbers. And, and yeah, like Bucks to beat the Nuggets. Well, okay, if the Nuggets get Jamal Murray back here at some point, you know, before the playoffs or in the playoffs, this team's been playing well recently without him. I think this becomes a formidable team in the Western Conference once he returns. Okay, Clippers, same thing. Paul George is going to come back at some point. Maybe we see Kawhi back at some point this year. If that happens, they all of a sudden become very live in the West. And I, and I think this would be a different story, Matt. If we hadn't been talking, we've been talking for the past two weeks on this show, or really over the past week, of, okay, what's the state of the NBA right now? To me, there's four very live teams in the East, and there's two. In, there's only two in the West. The West is pretty open. Outside of the Suns and the Warriors, who the Warriors I still think could be beaten, as they've shown recently. So, 
okay, whether it's the Suns or you want to take one of these longer shots on the Nuggets or Clippers, start tying those in with any of the Eastern Conference teams. You're getting big numbers on these exactas. So I, I'm going to see if Circa or someone posts these here in town. I know Circa ha, uh, usually does in the uh, it has in years past. So I'm going to try to scoop up a few of these here in the next couple of weeks. I think if you have a couple of 200 to ones or whatever in your pocket, never hurts with team well, that, teams that actually have a chance of getting there. And to your point earlier, it's a different way to bet the futures market if you don't want to necessarily okay I'm dead on one team here I just want to play a bunch of different futures you have I think many more hedge opportunities if you all of a sudden you get these guys to the conference right. finals and then you could start to hedge from that point or maybe even wait till the NBA finals if you at least get one of the two teams in then you get into the point where it's like okay there's going to be series price yep. on all these series so that's where you can buy out and you get some really good hedge opportunities one tip off coming right now if you want to play the Mavericks and the Pelicans the Mavericks are two and a half to three point road favorites over the Pelicans, a total of 216 all the way to 217. So be sure and shop around there, depending on which side you want. We do have one puck drop as well. It is the Winnipeg Jets hosting the Seattle Kraken. Kraken plus one fifteen. That's all they are. Minus one thirty five on the Jets. The Jets must be the like the second worst team in the league or something. With this, Wes, are the Jets the second worst team in the league? Uh, no. How are they only favored minus one thirty five over the Kraken? They're twenty one eighteen and four. So uh, they're still trying to get in that playoff chase out there in the West. But uh, they do have a new coach. Uh, they did uh, fire their coach, I believe. There it is. Uh, a few games. That's the only ago. way the Kraken oh. can be that close to yeah. a team. Like is, is the new coach is coming in because this yeah. Kraken team is terrible. It's terrible, this cracking team. This is like, what is this guy talking about? Who, I hate the cracking so much. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, I need to be filled in on the long-term story here. Uh, I feel yeah, like Matt I, bet him one time at I the feel beginning like of the year and lost. I'm two, I'm I feel like two I'm against behind the, on like a DVR where I like watch the first episode and then everybody's I'm, talking about it. And I I'm have one no and idea two. What's going on? Thanks to Andy McNeil. Well, uh, so I bet him twice. Bet against him twice. You, you bet lost. On. But, the, but then he gave me the puck line on Monday right? But against the, him. The original story is you bet them what? Like the first game, first of, the game of the season? You yeah. bet the Kraken. And they got destroyed. And he never bets the NHL West. So it lost, and he's been anti-Kraken ever since then. Mm-hmm. Worst, worst. I'm oh, I'm one in two lifetime. I've only made three hockey bets, you, all three involving the Kraken this year. Wes. <laughs> yeah. So you, you love them and leave them. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've only made three hockey bets, all three involving the Kraken. I am in the black now because Andy McNeil gave me a puck line with some plus money on it. So at least there's that. But again, they are, they are uh, minus 135 on the Jets at home, they plus 115 on the Kraken on the road if you do want to get uh, involved with them. There is a, another one about a half hour from now, the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are minus 125 home favorites, plus 105 on the Blue Jackets on the road in that one over in the NBA, there also is an 8.30 Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the 76ers and the Bucks. As we sit right now, about six and a half in favor and of I, the Bucks. And now. I do have something on that, mm-hmm. by the way. This from uh, Gina Mizell, who is the Sixers beat reporter for the Philly Inquirer. She reported that the Sixers are changing up that starting lineup tonight. So you're going to have Tyrese Maxey. Matisse Thybul, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and George Niang uh, starting. Mm. And then uh, being on the Sixers tonight, plus six and a half, the first uh, reply to uh, Gina Mizell's tweet is, Giannis might hang 100 on Niang. So that's really encouraging for my Sixers bet tonight. Yeah, that is, uh, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, Nia and good luck, buddy. That is going to be a tough matchup for you. Yeah, they got to do something to uh, go ahead and cover that up because, uh, of course, James Harden's still out with the uh, hamstring injury for the Bucks. Uh, Bembry not going to go. George Hill not going to go. Grayson Allen not going to go. We know uh, Pat Connaughton, I think, is out with a finger injury as well. Wes yep. Matthews looks like he's upgraded to probable, and he'll go for Milwaukee. Lineup not announced yet for the Bucks. The, the uh, I think it might be interesting, Wes. What you might be seeing there is maybe that's them getting prepared for what they'd like to roll out for a starting lineup mm-hmm. once Harden gets back in there. Mm-hmm. What you would do is you'd replace Niang with Harden. Right. To, Harris slides back to that four. Yeah, because Harris likely plays the three tonight, yeah, you'd expect, yeah. based on this lineup. Yeah, and then you've got a backcourt, basically a three-guard backcourt with Thibel, Maxi, and Harden. That's pretty nasty. That's pretty good. And the, the the Pelicans as short dogs tonight are, they're also going with the new starting lineup. They have benched Devontae Graham and uh, inserted Jackson Hayes into the starting lineup for them tonight. So uh, Devontae Graham's really been, really been struggling, so they're just trying to do anything different there. It's kind of interesting they're going to go big against yeah. a team that's going small, though. That is a little... Mm-hmm. <laughs> the old center for point guard uh, replacement in the yes. starting lineup, sure. Yeah, uh, and then also, not that this I don't think I don't think this is going to change anybody's you know opinion on any of these teams. But February 25th is the scheduled date for Kristaps uh, Porzingis to make his debut. So if you were, I don't know why you maybe were looking. Your Wizards, yes, price to make yeah, the playoffs. You know, but I mean, they're hanging around, right? I mean, they're, what are hanging, they? they're in the 10 spot or something like that. Around, yeah, hanging around. Hanging around. around. But they did lose to a Pacer team last night that has like half their team on in, on the injury list right now and obviously is a rebuild there in Indianapolis. And I mean, you got to think. So Kuzma has once been playing pretty good this year. He's power forward. So, I mean, I assume they're just going to have to play Porzingis just all at center. Mm-hmm. I would assume, right? I mean, I can't imagine he's going to like, like cost Kuzma minutes. Right. You know, so I guess it's going to be just Porzingis at center all the time. So that'll, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I just uh, was scolding Isaiah because he's never seen rounders. I threw in the hanging around, really? hanging around. He's never seen Rounders. He's a poker player. <laughs> These kids today, man. Hold on. Like Rounders is like too old of a movie. Von Frankel is a is a plays poker. He, yeah, he's a poker player. And he doesn't. And has never seen Rounders. Doesn't know Rounders. It's like the most famous, one of the most famous betting movies ever. The by far if the not, most famous. If poker not, movie. I mean, if not the most, like it's a top five with, with, without a doubt. Wow, I know, just blew my mind. Wes, what's your what's your favorite game? What's your favorite gambling movie? Mm. I am a co- uh, color money fan too. That's that a, would that's, be on my short that's a, list that's for sure. One. That would be on my short list. I think it's just because Rounders has this like color special place in yes, my heart. It, yes, me too. It, it's my it, favorite it, it, too because of that. Yeah, it just like. When I was coming up, that's when it was. It, like, you know, yeah, you know how many was... nights or mornings would end with after eight-hour poker sessions where it's like eating McDonald's on the couch at 8 a.m. watching rounders? That happened a <laughs> lot in my early 20s. More, yeah, more than you would like to admit is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically. Uh, Wes, any thoughts, leans, anything, anything on any of these uh, hockey games that are coming up? Uh, nothing really for mm. me. Uh, look, we've seen like the hockey this year. A lot of the favorites have been rolling. Mm. So if you've been betting a couple two-team parlays pretty much night after night, you've been getting paid. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like kind of how this shakes out, who's going to make playoff runs. We know we see coaches getting fired. Trade deadline, I believe, is coming gone in the NHL. So uh, we shall see. But uh, one thing. 
I do know is I won't be betting the Montreal Canadiens anytime soon, even though they are tied <laughs> with the Blues right now. Montreal, 8-33-7. That's hard to do in the National Hockey League. We'll do a full, we'll do a full scoreboard breakdown whenever we come back. Uh, Kelly, last night, Anthony Davis, Lee, uh, Anthony Davis has an ankle Ouch. injury for the Lakers. I see news now, likely out at least two weeks. I mean, I guess this came at the air quote best time where there is at least a stretch where there are no games for all of that. But I mean, for a struggling Lakers squad, I mean, they can't afford to lose it. Like it was just, what do you, I mean, man, that is like, you see that happen and you just start to go, wow, this actually could happen. We, we could actually like, fall all the way out of this thing. It really could. And, yeah. and like I've been saying all year too, Matt, like this, that was another game last night where imagine where they'd be if Malik Monk and Austin Reeves didn't exist. And who would have ever <laughs> have said that coming into the year? We're going to look at our PGA Tour golfer power rankings. I did mine a certain way. I'm interested to see how uh, Kelly and uh, Wes did theirs as well. I did mine kind of on win equity. We'll see what they did. Primetime action. Other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Primetime action, Matt, Wes, and Kelly going to get to our PGA Tour power rankings. Maybe these can give you some insights in some of the golfers that we think have win equity this year on the tour. That being said, we need to do a score update. Kelly Bidlin. Yeah, we got three NBA games in action right now. At the half, the Hornets with a seven-point lead over the Heat, 54-47. to Live line on this game, Hornets 2.5 to 11.5 the total. Uh, Wizards with a two-point lead over the Nets, 34-32, 8.30 remaining in the second quarter. Nets 2.5-point live favorites, 2.10.5. The live total. Mavericks out early to a, uh, out to an eleven to ten lead early four minutes into this game over the Pelicans. Mavericks three and a half point live favorites two seventeen and a half. The live total over in college basketball. We'll go to next. Yeah, how about Arizona up on Oregon State? How many points you catching again, Wes? I took twenty five. I it was only twenty four and a half when it was available to send in, so I took twenty four and a half. And actually, Oregon State had the lead for a decent amount here. Arizona, by the way, has Oregon over the weekend. Oregon State only three wins so far. This was a team that all that made that run in the NCAA tournament all the way to the Elite Eight. And rough times for Wayne Tinkle and his guys. Arizona, of 
course, 22 and two might be in line for a potential one seed here in a few weeks when the uh, selection committee announces the field of 68. But right now, 43 to 37, Oregon State hanging around here. So just hope basically the reason I played this was like, I think maybe Arizona was not going to be interested. And so far, only up by six late in the first. Yeah, half. looking pretty darn good. Arizona right now at 18 and a half point live favorite, 164 and a half. The live total over on the ice. We got a bunch going. We got so much going. Our graphics aren't even working. They have overloaded the <laughs> graphics on the NHL side. Sabres up one to nothing in the second period over the Senators. 13 minutes remaining in the second period. The Sabres minus 400 live centers plus 270. Four and a half the live total juiced to the over. Blues and Canadians all tied up at one. 13 minutes left in the second period. Blues minus 330. Canadians plus 235. Five and a half, your live total juiced to the under. Red Wings with a one nothing lead over the Rangers. 12 minutes left in the second period. Detroit minus 145 live. New York plus 110. Four and a half, your live total. Capitals and Flyers tied at one apiece. 10.25 remaining in the second period. Capitals minus 185. Flyers plus 135. Five and a half, your live total juiced to the under. Maple Leafs with a 2 nothing lead over the Penguins. 12 minutes left in the second period of that one. Maple Leafs minus 1,100 live. Penguins plus 550. 5.5 is your live total uh, juiced to the under. Don't just switch to 5 now. Juiced to the over. Uh, Bruins with a one nothing lead over the Islanders in the first intermission. Bruins minus 260 live. Islanders plus 185. 4.5 your live total juiced to the over. So, Kelly, you brought it up. Uh, the the Mavs with the small lineup going up against this big lineup from the Pelicans. The Pelicans beat rider just put the Dallas small lineup versus New Orleans big lineup is producing some of the oddest cross matches you'll ever see. Uh, he yeah. said, he said, Luca is guarding Jackson Hayes. So Lucas, Luca is six, seven Jackson Hayes is seven foot. So yep. you got a six, seven on a seven footer. Uh, the Mavs have Jalen Brunson. Who's six, one on Herbert Jones, who is six, eight. So like we've, we might have to put this game on just for us to watch like these, like, I mean, yeah. this is like a rec center game. Yeah. Like, like you go, in and it's like the the one rec center team that's like amazingly awesome is like just guarding these other teams is awesome. I, I mean, I get that Devontae Graham's struggling. It's just a, I, it's just very odd to see. Like you're already <laughs> playing a smaller team and you insert another big into the lineup. So, I mean, McCollum's the smallest guy in the starting lineup for the Pelicans and he comes in at 6'4". Like it is, they got, they got nobody short playing in this game. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I am. Uh, yeah, we'll get that on a TV. Yeah, we'll have to take a look at that one. All right, so let's look at our power rankings here from the on the PGA Tour. And, and again, I, I'm curious to see how you guys went about this. I ranked mine as far as I think for win equity here as we move into the 2022s, the meat of the 2022 season. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, there are some up-and-coming players that, that certainly I like. There are some guys that I'm going to bet and keep eyes on and things like that. But I, I did rank mine on just what I think – win equity is for these guys on a week-to-week basis. And starting at number 10, Hideki Matsuyama is a guy that, again, could rocket up these power rankings if he learns how to putt or even just putts a little bit better this year on tour. I mean, the only thing that really has held this guy back from multiple wins over the course of his career is just losing so many strokes to the field whenever he gets to the green. And so if that can somehow be remedied or at least somehow figure out a way to not be as bad, then he could certainly rock it up these rankings. Xander, just from a win equity equity standpoint, I mean, like he just 
doesn't win. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just what, like he's an awesome golfer. He is consistently in the top 20s. He's a lot of times in the top 10s. But the guy just doesn't win. And so for me, as a golf better, hard for me to pull the trigger on a guy that doesn't win. You know, I mean, hey, you want to lock him into top 20 bets all day long? Go right ahead. He is a top 20 machine, and he's never really too far off the lead. The problem is he just he just can't win. He doesn't know how to close, and until he does that, he's going to have to be towards the bottom for me. Uh, Rory is at eight because Rory has just been so erratic lately. Like, Rory will go out and look like the old Rory, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's going he's gonna to cruise to a win here, and then the next tournament out – he looks like Rory that was struggling a lot for parts of 2020 and 2021. And so um, I still think there's a lot of win equity there for Rory. Of course, as we were talking about when, when Wes and I put him on our cards this past week was, you know, could have won overseas uh, a couple of weeks ago and all that didn't, didn't quite get there, but could have. And so Rory does make the top 10, but in the other half of the five for me, Scotty Scheffler is a guy that, you know, up until last week probably would have been sitting 10 for me, gets up to seven. I've always loved this guy's game, but his problem was, yeah, you know, he was a young guy, but I mean, he had not won on tour either getting over that, getting over the hump of that first win is always something that we hear is, is a little bit tough on golfer sometimes. So Scotty Scheffler uh, did get that done up to number seven, Vic Hovland. We know that he can win. He is a, he, he's a he's a beast. That said, just weird these last couple of weeks and struggled again today. So we'll see kind of what's going on there. Cam Smith, absolute winner, just absolute beast. No holes in this guy's game whatsoever. Does everything really, really, really well. He's going to win a ton of times over the next few years. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm. Put them all in a hat, pull them out, put a reorder that mm-hmm. one to four if you want to. Doesn't really bother me. Um, it's just kind of, I went, you know, JT, Morikawa, Cantlay, Rahm, one to four. Again, if you said, Hey, I'm going to pull out random names here, one to four. If you want to put any of those in there, that's fine with me because I think at any point those guys could win. Yeah, and uh, we had a very similar mm-hmm. list. I think uh, I'm. I think uh, I did not have Xander Shoffley in my mm-hmm. top ten, and I'm a fan of his. And maybe I'm demeriting him a little bit too much, but he doesn't win enough yeah. because I did win equity like you did, mm-hmm. and then I kind of went a little bit predictive. If I yep. think somebody's going to be on the rise, so I'll start with Cameron Smith at ten. Look, he stared down John Rom. I know that was an yeah. easy course out there at Kapalua, and I was on him in that tournament, but he stared down John Rom, world number one in the final pairing, and shot 34 under par and broke the all-time scoring record for a tournament. So Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, lousy form. I just couldn't drop him out of the top 10 yet because it's like DJ is one of those guys, kind of similar to Rory, where it's like, you know, even when they're not in great form, they're never mm-hmm. too far away from winning. But DJ, not a very good start at Riviera today, and it's been over a calendar year since he won. Scotty Scheffler, I think now, you know, the monkey's off his yep. back. He's going to start to win more frequently. I have him at eight. Victor Hovland, I have a little bit lower at number seven than his world ranking at three. I got to see Victor do it against a big-time mm-hmm. field. And he's won very frequently over the last couple of years, and he's going to win more. But I got to see him do it in a major or in a WGC or in, like, a player's championship Matsuyama who had a big drought now he is a major champion he's already won two times this season including the event in the fall in Japan so I have him six Rory at five Justin Thomas at four I think he's gonna win a major this year mm-hmm. which one who knows I think the Masters could be a good candidate Patrick Cantlay He's just been Mr. Consistency, and I think he's still probably the best player not to win a major right yeah. now. Cantlay, when he beat DeChambeau in that playoff that I was on him at the Northern Trust, that six-hole playoff, yep. that shows he can stare down an elite player, even though Bryson has dropped out of the top ten. Colin Marikawa, already two major championships at such a young age. He's just scratching the surface. But Mr. Consistency in terms of a top player, John Rahm, number one for me. 
Yeah, heading over to mine. It approached it the same kind of way win equity wise, but it was really more of a look. I know a couple guys on here are dealing with injuries right now, looking to get back into form. It's really more of an overall picture for what I see win equity wise for the entire year, probably, Matt, when we talk majors and as we get into the summer. So, yeah, Bryson, if I was doing power rankings for today, right now, Bryson Brooks definitely aren't on this list. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think for more of the season outlook of what we're looking at, I'm still putting them on there. So Bryson comes in at number 10. It is crazy. I almost left him out, too. And neither of you guys had him on there. It's just, cra- it's just crazy how the idea of a guy can shift so drastically sometimes. With We've seen him. Now we've seen him with an injury issue, struggle with some parts of his game. But, I, man, that driver is just so unbelievable. I still haven't put him in there at number 10. Vic comes in at 9. Like you said, Wes, really need to see him kind of win that, win that big tournament against a big, you know, big-time field uh, and really feel a little bit more confident about him. Matsuyama, 8. Uh, DJ, 7. You know, DJ's a guy who maybe confuses me as much as anybody on tour right now. don't really know what to think about his 2022 asp- uh, outlook here. Brooks Kepka in at 6. Obviously, he's struggling to find his game right now, but there's not many guys I trust in a major more than him. Cantlay, 5. Rory, 4. Morikawa, 3. JT, 2. Rom, number 1. We'll talk about it more on the other side. Yeah, it's basically what we're, you know, we all look at those guys about the same here. We're going to talk some college basketball with Dallin Cuff here. At least Westwell anyway. Primetime action. <laughs> Visa. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Halfway through the Thursday edition of primetime action here on VSIN, Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds on the desk with me here today, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass, but we are privileged to have in a contributor over at ESPN Daily Wager as well. You can find him on Twitter at Dallin Cuff. And guess what? His name is Dallin Cuff. Thanks for joining us, my friend. <laughs> Matt, good to be back with you guys. How you doing, my man? Doing good, doing good. Let's kick things off here with a play that you are on coming here uh, pretty soon in Oregon, Arizona State. You are looking at the road team here. Yeah, it's, I mean, Oregon's a team, I think, in, in the, just in the country, I think people need to be a little more aware of. This is, they're turning the team we thought they would be in the beginning of the season. Now, you got a lot of transfers. You bring in, you know, Jacob Young comes in the mix. you got Will Richardson still there. Finally, Dante was still there from before. And a couple other guys that are just trying to piece it together for Dana Oldman. And they really didn't play in the beginning part of the year, guys. When they got popped, they just, they just caved. And you saw that in the Houston game. Uh, you saw it in the BYU game. This team looks a little more together now. They have more toughness to match their talent. Will Richardson has been really good. They've won 11 of 13. I realize Arizona State, when they played at home, Arizona State's shown up, obviously. They beat, UC, they beat uh, UCLA in that triple overtime thriller a couple weeks again, weeks ago. But I do still think Oregon is kind of a team that's starting to, starting to round into form. I got it at a four and a half earlier today. I see you guys have it at five now. So I think this is a team that, that's able to win this game. Arizona State can really struggle to score, whether home or away. There's not a very good shooting team. Like I said, I think Oregon's starting to really put the pedal to the metal, understand how to play on both ends of the floor together. Together, So I think they walk in knowing they need this win. You can't have a bad loss like this as they're trying to build an NCAA tournament resume. There'll be desperation. I like them playing the five. Still a couple four and a halfs available rest of the country out there okay. if people yeah. want to shop around. And Oregon, by the way, will have Arizona on Saturday. Arizona in a tight one right now against Oregon State. The three win Beavers right now, 44 to 42. So we'll see if our plus 25 on the Beavers hangs in tonight. But Dallin, uh, game of the night here, West Coast conference and it doesn't involve the Gonzaga Bulldogs. It involves Mm -hmm. San Francisco and St. Mary's and look the West Coast Conference seems like it's going to be a multiple bid league but you don't know if it's going to be two or three. This game is going to determine I think a long way of what it's going to be. USF in the first meeting had St. Mary's down big and couldn't close it out but now they go to Moraga tonight. St. Mary's minus two and a half minus three depending on your store. 
Yeah, I, mean, that's, I feel bad for Todd Golden and his boys. I think Todd's done a great job. One of the best young coaches in the country. Very analytic-driven. Allows his guys to play with freedom. They have defended a lot better for the Dons this year. But you're up, you're up double. You're up 20 plus points at home against St. Mary's. You got to win that game. They didn't do that. I do like St. Mary's laying the points here. I think ultimately they're a slightly better team. They are at home. I, I think to your point, they, to your point, West, they know how important this game is too. Every team does now when you're coming down to it. But the West Coast Conference, you're looking at two, three. BYU may be able to steal into our fourth good fourth bid because they do have some good non-conference wins, although they've struggled in league play a little bit. But this game is massive. It is absolutely massive. St. Mary's has to defend their home court here. I think it'll be a raucous environment. Defensively, this is a team that is very that, that can that can grind you down, and the pace of this game is going to be critical. Again, the first half of that game up in San Francisco was played real more at their pace. They want to get up and down. They want to play with you a little bit, and they still can guard you. St. Mary's, we know, it wants to grind that thing. It wants to be the one of the lowest tempos in the country. I think they do a better job at getting their tempo like they did in the later part of the latter part of that game, being much more efficient early on in this game and consistent. And I'll lay the two and a half and take the home team in what has to be a really big win for Randy Bennett's crew. Dallin, I know we're about to see more of Joey Brackets on your network on ESPN <laughs> as we get closer to Selection Sunday. So what does your gut tell you about this West Coast Conference? Obviously, we know Gonzaga, they're going to be a number one seed, barring disaster mm -hmm. here late in the season, which isn't going to come. But you've got St. Mary's there in the mix. You've got USF there in the mix at 21-6. and six. You mentioned BYU not out of it yet with good non-conference mm -hmm. wins. What does your gut tell you on the WCC? Do you think this is a three-bid league? The league's good, guys. Yeah, I do think it's a three-bid league. I do think if BYU doesn't go through that swoon where they lost at, what three, uh, three in a row at one point, had some questionable losses in that stretch, they're in there. Now, when you play in this conference, you have less great opportunities, and you have some more ways to stumble and, and, you know, and to shoot yourself in the foot, if you will. St. Mary's lost to Santa Clara. That's not a bad one. But then, obviously, San Francisco had a, had a, uh, took a Q4 loss in the season, too, in the league play as well. So you're going to have some marks. You've got to represent the non-conference. I think when I look at the teams, though, and the teams and the brands don't have to carry the same weight as the ACC. But in all honesty, you roll out Notre Dame and play any one of these three, any one of those three teams I just mentioned, take mm -hmm. a zag out of it. At a neutral court, you'd be surprised. I think you might have a favorite being being St. Mary's for sure, maybe San Francisco. Um, and you, you can make a couple other examples out of ACC teams in particular that have not been that strong this year or down ACC, but get a little brand of love a little more attention in teams that are going to get in the mix. I do think I'd like to see them get three bids. I think they're capable teams in the tournament. I think they're capable teams uh, that, that the country kind of needs to see. And, and really good. they're really well coached. Whether it's Golden, Bennett, obviously Mark Few, uh, they're really well coached. Craig Smith, it, it is a quality league, and it's the best it's been in recent years. Yeah, somehow the ACC is going to get like five or six teams. We just have no idea who they're going to be. It just seems like every year they're going to. Hold, hold, hold your horses, man. I, I think that's, what the, that's the narrative. I, I feel that way, but I, their numbers just don't bear it out. Exactly. Carolina has, Carolina has no quad one wins. I know they're Carolina. They're 0-7 in quad one. They're, they're hoping Michigan finds a way to keep moving up in their net that might give them and gift them a quad one win. Outside of that, they just took a quad four loss last night to Pitt where they got shellacked. I mean, that's a problem. Wake Forest doesn't have really good wins, but I think they're a tournament team. Right. Notre Dame has some wins. You're, you're, I think you're going to look at four, maybe five. If they get to six and seven, we have really tortured the numbers here. That's to say something that's a little bizarre. Well, and if I were saying today, somebody asked me, hey, who do you think's getting in from the ACC? I said, maybe two teams as of today deserve yeah. to be in. Duke and Wake yeah. Forest, I think. So uh, we shall see how that turns out. Pac-12, you get at least got to think three are, are in right now. Arizona, yep. USC, and UCLA. But down the bridge, 
Bruins uh, starting to show some chinks in the armor a little bit. I know it was four straight road games, but they lost three or four, lost at U of A, then that three overtime game against Arizona State, also lost at USC on Saturday. They're getting Washington State, uh, you know, Kyle Smith, another analytics-driven coach. Uh, you were mentioning Todd Golden kind of part of that mm-hmm. tree under Randy mm-hmm. Bennett. And uh, the uh, UCLA Bruins tonight, nine-and-a-half-point favorites, total 129-and-a-half. What's your angle here? I don't love this game, but I'm, and I'm not going to take a side because of it. I think Washington State is desperate. Kyle Smith, again, both these are really well-coached teams, and, and Kyle's team is better defensively than they have been in recent years. Um, but they're desperate. They, ha- they have to win this game if they want any hope to find a way into the tournament. Their, their resume really doesn't show it. They took taken a couple losses the Pac-12 you really can't take. But this is an easy one to fire up your guys. We're going to play a poly. we got to grit this thing out. we got to make it ugly. We might have to grind it down a little bit. And in that type of game, I like the under here. Under 129.5 is, uh, is what you guys have. It's what I got earlier today. Um, and I think that's where you're going to be. UCLA's not really just not playing well. And offensively, there's their lack of flow. I mean, they, they've relied on Tiger Campbell times to bail them out. I realize, yes, they lost three or four. They're on the road. But they have not been connected on either end of the floor. And particularly on offense, you've got to play with each other, play together. A lot of times they go into isolation mode and they're, they're kind of relying on each other, relying on themselves versus each other. In the defensive end, they were pretty good against USC. They were not good against Arizona State. They have to be like more connected on both sides and really feel the team ethos and compete for each other and play for each other, which you're not really seeing, which is interesting. So I think this is going to be a game that's a little, gr- a little gritty, a little grinded out. The road team's desperate, and so is the home team. So I, I like the under 129.5 because neither team has scored at really a great clip and it's a desperation mode. And the last team to beat UCLA over the weekend were the USC Trojans. And Dallin, I look at this team's record, uh, 21-4, and four, and they've got some decent quality wins, a couple in the non-conference, including San Diego State. But when I watch this team, it's like, yeah, they're okay, but they just, you know, they don't, like, reach out and grab you. It seems like there's something missing with this team. Isaiah Mobley did miss the last couple games, so he is going to be back tonight. Uh, yep. USC taking on UW, who's been, you know, a fairly erratic team. Uh, looked like they were going to be a bottom feeder in the conference, but they had won a couple games uh, over the last couple weeks. But 11 and a half now at the Galen Center, 139 and a half on the total. What do you got here at USC? I'm taking the under, which is, I mean, when I first thought about the game, I was I was leaning toward the over because UW really can't guard, has not been able to guard anybody in the zone, and and they struggle so much offensively, allows teams to play ahead of the zone, and, and they turn it over at times. USC's defense has been really good. You mentioned Mobley getting back, but they they don't really turn you over. That's not how they play. They're near the bottom 15 in the country in defensive turnover rate. They, they, they really grind you. They make you take contested twos. They contest every shot. They clean up their glass. They're very fundamentally sound, but they don't necessarily speed you up and turn you over. So I think UW is going to be able to get shots at the rim, which limits some touchdowns, uh, turnovers for touchdowns, which a lot of teams have been able to feast on against the, against the Huskies. And Washington can struggle to score. So can USC. USC is not an elite shooting team, and when they have uh, played some teams that has to play in a different style defensively, this 2-3 zone they're going to see, they may struggle to knock that down and break that down by knocking down shots and having the right guys play in the high post. Having Isaiah Mobley back is absolutely huge for the team. I get that, but I'm still on the, the under 139.5 here uh, because I really think both teams are, are offensively not that gifted, and, and defensively USC does not provide the same uh, elements of, of, of chaos that, that mm-hmm. Washington really can struggle with. So I think USC wins the game. The backdoor cover concerns me. That's why I'm going to, I'm going to take the total, not a side. Dal, we got about 30 seconds here. Who is a guy? What's a player's, what's the name of a player that's kind of under the radar here come tournament time that's not a household name that everyone, we see this every single year, right? Like some player yeah. comes out where everyone's like falls in love with that player or whatever. Who's that player this year? 
I think it's going to be Johnny Davis because I think mm-hmm. he's a, he's one of the favorites for National Player of the Year. But you ask regular casual sports fans, they have no clue who this guy is. He's a sophomore that went from seven points a game to up over 20 points a game. He's an absolute stud. Got them a huge win on the road against Indiana. Went for 37 against Purdue. And when the bright lights of the, of the tournament are on, at times they have to rely on him to go be Superman. So Superman gets a lot of pub. So if they win a couple games in the tourney, I think everybody's going to know Johnny Davis's name. You can find his work over at ESPN, contributor to Daily Wager. You can find him on Twitter at Dallin Cuff. He is Dallin Cuff. Thanks for joining us, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Wes. See you guys. Thank you, Dallin. So we are at halftime, Wizards and Nets. The Wizards 55, Nets 51. The Nets had taken the lead there in the second quarter and then really struggled down the stretch. Patty Mills was 17 at the half for the Nets in that one. We'll take a look at some very, very early NFL MVP odds and see if there's anything that may or may not catch our eye. It is PTA here on a Thursday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, and I mean before you make your next bet, be sure and go to vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Kelly does it before every single bet. This feature gives you insight on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread. Bets, betting splits. Another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Wes, before every single bet, he goes and checks these out. You want to know exactly where the money's going before you make a bet. I know. Now, it doesn't necessarily tell you which money, of course. No, it does not. It it could be somebody betting a lot of money that you wouldn't trust across the street by themselves unsupervised. uh, Let us call that a fun, more of a fun tool. Yes. Fun tool. It's a fun tool to go and just kind of like, you know. Take everything with context. Yeah. Because we know of a furniture salesman that uh, put in the largest Super Bowl bet of all time. Right. And uh, no one would ever consider him sharp. I, so. I, I don't think he's going to be on the street anytime soon. No, no, no. Did you, see, did you see how that all played out? So that that was only to hedge half of the promotional money or whatever. Like he, he, it, he made twenty million on the on the promotion. Oh, and so the nine point five that he put on the Super Bowl, it was just to hedge half of the. Yeah, well, everybody was feeling so that he had already bad sold. Yeah. yeah, like so, just the dude is just. It's, it was cracking me up with the articles that were coming out of like because what I think he's lost his last like four major mm-hmm. championship mm-hmm. bets or something, and it was like he's lost twenty million just because like, the bet he's is be big fine. does like, not mean no, it's he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't lost anything. 
Yeah. He's, he's, he's good. He's making he's that money hand over fist. Like, it's, like, ridiculous. It's what we we joke about with the guys here at the South Point all the time. And it's like, yeah, like, whatever the bookmakers talk about having a bad weekend, it's like, well, the, the lights have never gone yeah. off around here, right? It's I've like, never yeah, seen a sports book closed unless the property gets imploded <laughs> yeah, to build yeah. a bigger one on that Seriously. same site. He had, he had $20 million in liability, and so he just went and bet half of it. To get, you know, if and so if Cincinnati won, then, you know, he got half of the, the money back. And instead, uh, they lost. And so he made $10 million. I'm still shocked at uh, just, uh, I mean, what, I haven't really dove into the research of the, the vast empire of furniture stores he must have. But that's a lot of furniture, man. That's a lot of Sealy Posturepedic. So, yeah. Like, I don't know the last time you've been in to buy a mattress. But, like, th- there's never anybody in Every there. Every now and then we take a second and we say, like, let's do 90 seconds yeah. of sports talk radio. This is just 90 seconds of just real talk radio yeah, right real here. Talk radio. Yeah. Buying mattress is one of the weirdest experiences so, of Real talk life. radio is, yes, mattresses are expensive, but you only buy one like every 10 years. Right. So right. Like, it's it's shocking. It like blows my mind that, that this guy like is worth $100 million, hundreds of millions, whatever it is. <laughs> it just it blows my mind because, again, Me too. You, it's it's like yes, a mattress costs like whatever. Th- what are they? Three grand, four grand? Or something yeah, you like buy a nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're three, or four grand. Multiple thousand dollars. You only buy one every ten years. So how? I, I, right. the, it just doesn't add up to me. Wes. This I, I segment can't. brought to you by the sleep. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> anyone out there? Yes, if any, if 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 Sealy Posturepedic wants to come in and sponsor this segment, I will gladly sleep yes. on one and oh, tell everyone. Yes, they want to give me a new mattress. I'll do it. I sure. don't know about you guys, but like I've I've done this twice in my life. It's it is one of the weirdest shopping experiences that you can have, right? Because you, like you're talking about, Matt, you only buy one every like 10 years, <laughs> right? So you go to the store. Nobody's in the store except for the one guy working there. And then like, okay, it's it's a mattress. You have to try it out. Yeah. You're going to well, be sleeping yeah, on when you sit on it or you lay on it. But you don't know how many people have laid on that display model. Well, yeah. Wes, I didn't even want to think about that. that it's just the weird part of like trying out seven beds that you're like laying on and the guy's like, how's that one feel? And you're like, I don't know. This is really weird though that like <laughs> I'm just here by myself and it's just you. And like I can't even tell you to go away because I'm the only person here. Those commercials that we laugh about, where it's like, don't turn into your parents or whatever, whatever the, yeah. the those are about, you know, and all that. that's how I feel every time I drive by a standalone mattress store, where I drive by and I go, how do they sell enough mattresses to keep that? <laughs> like, 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 that's a big space. Yes. That's a big building yes. that they have right there. How do they sell enough mattresses to keep that that going? I don't know, right man. There? We might just be in the wrong business. Yeah. Uh, there just might be something there. We just, I mean, clearly there's something there for betting twenty million dollars a year on. Fifteen-year-old uh, me would make fun of me for having that thought, and then now here I am, and I'm kind of like, how do they keep the lights on? <laughs> like, oh, that's a big building right there. You sell enough mattresses to keep the lights well, on? These are compact spots. Yeah. Parking lots. How are they doing that, man? I, maybe I'm in the maybe. I'm in the wrong business. All right, so let's uh, – <laughs> great segue right. to M- NFL MVP, right? By the way, before yeah. we get to that, we were just talking with Dallin Cuff of ESPN mm-hmm. in the last segment about, you know, we're now getting to like, okay, who's on the bubble? Who's going to make the NCAA tournament? One game that's kind of a bubble-icious game going on right now in Carver-Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City, Michigan, a team that needs some wins here down the stretch, up 72-63, to 63, about six minutes left to go. Wolverines currently 13-10, only 7-6 and six in the league. Iowa, if they lose this, Maybe they gear toward the bubble. They are 17 and seven, seven and six overall. This would be a nice win for Jawan Howard and the Wolverines. As as a as a three gets drilled, yes. right there by Iowa to uh, to carve into the lead a little bit, 72 to 66. So listen, it's the NFL. There's going to be odds up all year round. NFL is king. So 
why not go ahead and put up NFL MVP odds this early? But it's worth talking about, and it's this is you know this is what this is for actually, guys. What this is for is not necessarily picking who we like; it's picking who to cross off of the list, right? right? Like it's like you should start with a list like this, and I'll I'll go I'll start at the bottom. Derek Carr forty, Debo Samuel forty to one, Jalen Hurts forty. Then you have Jonathan Taylor, Russell Wilson at thirty, Kyler Murray, Cooper Cup at twenty five. Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott at 20. Derrick Henry, 18 to 1. Matthew Stafford, 15 to 1. Justin Herbert, 14 to 1. Joe Burrow, 12 to 1. Josh Allen, 8 to 1. Aaron Rodgers, 8 to 1. And then the short shot being Patrick Mahomes at 6.5. Oh, can I go first real one. quick? Yes. There's way too many non quarterbacks on the top yes. of this so I was list. Say, so, yes. right off the bat, take all the running backs and take your pen and then like mm-hmm. just carve right through mm-hmm. every single one of them. Because, again, there is one, the NFL is a passing league as it is yes. anyway. We're shifting. Every single team is shifting to passing more than running the ball. There are only now also the other thing is, is there's only a handful of bell cow backs as it is anyway. They're basically on the list right now. Derrick yeah. Henry and Jonathan Hill are about the only backs in the league that get all the carries for their teams. Just about every team employs some some form of two-back system. And I think you could cross off those receivers yeah. as well. Because, look, Debo Samuel, it's likely he is going to be playing essentially mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And Trey Lance. Look, we know he can run the ball, but so the rest of the league now knows that. Right. So you're not going to trick them. Kyle Shanahan's not going to be able to hit them, hit them with the element of surprise. So I'd cross them out. Cooper Cup, obviously, you know, recency bias. He just won yes. the Super Bowl MVP. You know, are they going to be able to run it back, or are there going to be guys leaving that team? Is that going to be the same team, kind of like what Tampa Bay's was this year? Of course, when everybody kind of resigned, mm-hmm. like one-year deals. Now that team has 23 unrestricted free agents. So yeah. This is this is a quarterback league, so these prices uh, may change over time. There's a few guys, of course. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo not listed there. Who right. knows where he is going to be? It presumably is not going to be in San Francisco. But uh, Carson Wentz obviously not listed. Who knows if he's going to be back in Indianapolis? But yeah, cross off all the running backs and cross off the receivers here at this standpoint. Kelly, did you cut this off, or were there more bets? Oh yeah, they've got yeah they've got a lot listed over there. I cut it off at sixteen just to fit on a graphic. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I just I, I was just curious as to whether they only put up a certain amount of of guys or if there was a, yeah. additional names. I'm listed. heading over there right now because Isaiah just asked me for odds on Trey Lance, who is sixty to one, six zero to one, sixty to one yeah. for Trey Lance. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Beyond this list, so where did I end? Derek Carr. Oh, I see. They have 98 players listed. Yes. So Devontae Adams is next 50 to 1. Nick Chubb 50 to 1. Dalvin Cook 50 to 1. So we're not Jamar getting Chase, any of these 50 yet. to 1. So many non-quarterbacks. This right. is so, amazing. So it, this, is where, this is the one I was looking for, because we, and it goes back to hour number one here. I was looking for Deshaun Watson yeah. strictly mm-hmm. because what if he ends up on one of these contenders? Right. Like, like what? Like, and he's 80 to 80? 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, almost like is that worth getting in front of a little throw bit? a hundo down yeah. and, and just and we talked about another one earlier by the way is look if Aaron Rodgers leaves the yeah. NFC North what about Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. with a new offensive mind and Kevin O'Connell because the one that kind of stuck out to me at the bottom of that list was Derek Carr at forty to one who is getting Josh McDaniels here who is more of an offensive mind look I'm not a fan of McDaniels because of the reneging on the uh, taking yeah. the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. 
job for him a few years ago, so I'm not sure how much of a man of a, his word he is, but I do know he's a pretty good offensive line. And pairing him with Derek Carr, who I still believe has some gas left in the tank, an offense that has the potential to be very potent, that would kind of be, of the ones listed on that graphic, the one I was look at as like a longer shot value play. Wes, the one that you mentioned also, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is 150 to 1. Mm-hmm. What if he gets traded to the Colts? Yeah. What if he gets traded that's to the Steelers re- or, so, or whatever, you know, and like yeah. the, the Steelers like win that division then or or whatever. It's, I mean, he's going to start somewhere. Sure. We don't know where. I sure. mean, he's going to start somewhere. If it's not in San Francisco, it will be somewhere else for some other team. What if he lands in Carolina like we're talking about right. and takes that team to win the to win the South and wins and, a couple and of games? And Indianapolis and Pittsburgh, I know those were two teams. Or Pittsburgh did make the playoffs. Mm. Indianapolis, of course, uh, stepped on a rake down there in Jacksonville. But ready-made defense, good running game. Yeah. Jimmy G in Indianapolis might not be a bad fit. This is, this is this is interesting. I am I am making the executive decision to to carry this over, and then uh, we'll 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 talk golf all through the uh, all through the six o'clock hour because I think there's a couple other names on here that might be worth talking about. Some more NFL MVP discussion here on the other side. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. <laughs> 